There's not a single person here this morning that does not want more love. To be human is to want love. To be human is to want more love. To be human is to need love. Every single person was wired, hardwired, created, as John Paul II, as we've said here a number of times, the human person was made to be loved first, then to love. Love is everything. Like you can't argue with that. No one argues with that. It's not as if somebody, even in this church right now, would be willing to stand up and say, you know what? Love's not everything, actually. It's not that important. Right? No one does that. No one's willing to do that. No one thinks that. As we talked about last week, as, as, as increasingly polarized we're getting and disagreeing politically, everything under the sun, no one disagrees with that. The fact that love is everything. We've been looking at the last three weeks, robbers of joy in this preaching series. Two weeks ago, we mentioned how faulty expectations can be a robber of joy. Faulty expectations that we have of ourselves, thinking that we have to do things that we're more capable of doing, it just robs us of joy. Or faulty expectations of God, not counting on him to maybe do the impossible in our life, not having as high of expectations for God and who he is and what he wants to do in our lives, that robs us of joy. And last week we talked about othering each other. The fact that we were made for union. We were, we were made for community as the mystical body of Christ. We were made for community and yet othering each other, increasingly dividing and pitting ourselves to spe specifically of seeing ourselves as morally righteous or, or morally superior over another person. What does that do? It's a, it's a certain recipe of robbing us of joy. This week, the last week in this preaching series, Love comes into focus. As we heard Maeve read the second reading, Paul's, second, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and we have that iconic 13th chapter on love. Quite simply, we can say this. Without love, there's no joy. I was reminded of this on Monday. I was at home. My twin sister has a two-month-old right now. It's always crying. I, it's got to a point on, on Monday where I just said, what's the matter with it now? <laughs> and at one point, my sister had just given it, a, not it, him, right? Just <laughs> given, given John a bath, had just put on, like fed it, changed his diaper, just gave it a bath, put on new clothes, and it's laying down on, the flat, on, the, on its back. She was in the kitchen. It just threw up everywhere to the point the throw up was dripping down its back, around its neck. And I just said, uh, Jen, uh, there's an issue here. And was she, moment, like, was she momentarily frustrated? Yeah, she was. And I saw that. But then quickly just turned to like, picking him up, taking his clothes off, giving him a bath. Motivated by love, there was joy when she did it. And see, that's the distinction Paul makes here in our second reading. This makes this critical distinction. And when we hear this reading on love, which is common in weddings, and it's nice, and we see love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous. 
we can kind of have this nice idea of love that goes right along with our culture and society to say that love is, emo that is strictly an emotion or it's in a feeling, but it's not what Paul is saying here. What Paul brings out here is to say that love is an action. It's an action. Beginning in verse four, Paul gives this list of all these things that love is. I think it's seven things that love is and then seven things that love is not. And in the English translation, what comes off is, it comes off as him using as, as adjectives. Love is patient, love is kind. But in the Greek, that's not, that's not what Paul's doing. Paul's actually using each time he's using a verb. So more, more true to what Paul is saying and true to what love is and what Paul's talking about, it's this. It's love does patience. Love does kindness. Love does not do rudeness. So if you want a gut check, like later today, this afternoon, tonight, go home, reread this 13th chapter, and whenever you see love, put your name in there. Mark does patience. Mark does kindness. Mark does not do jealousy. Mark does not do being rude. I get to that far and I'm like, all right, I want to stop doing this exercise. <laughs> as, as we examine our conscience against the Ten Commandments, it's, it's a good idea to examine our conscience with this 13th chapter. And we realize of how much more the Lord needs to purify our hearts and purify our love and what he's calling us to do and how we're not there. It's a robber of joy. And so Paul's very clear here that love here is an action that chooses to do certain things and chooses not to do other things. To say that love is not passive, it's active. And that's why the church fathers has always said that the opposite of love is not hatred, but rather the opposite of love is indifference or apathy. And maybe to, to take that a step further to get to the core when we're looking at robber of joy, it's something called esedia or sloth, as Thomas Aquinas eventually called it. You may remember that there's seven deadly sins or seven capital sins. That's just capital sins, meaning head. It's like these seven capital sins, these seven deadly sins, they're capital because oftentimes other sins flow off through them. And we know them as pride, greed, lust, envy, anger. The seventh of which we oftentimes forget is this, acedia. Acedia literally translates to lack of concern. Lack of concern over the things that I ought to have concern over. Someone once said, a philosopher in the early 20th century, German philosopher said that, that acedia is the fundamental ill of our time as moderns. So commonly we hear, we hear sloth and our mind ultimately goes to kind of like that animal that moves real slow or we think of, we think of sloth, we just think and associate with laziness. But acedia is different than just laziness. Acedia can express itself not simply in laziness, but also in excessive activity. So you're running around doing all these different things, moving from one activity to another, busy, busy, busy. You, one can be a workaholic and always be busy and, in the, and suffer from acedia or sloth. It's like, I want to do anything but the one thing that I'm supposed to be doing right now. 
And that's a robber of joy. If you ever heard the phrase, the, the noonday devil, the noonday devil was a phrase that came from the inception of this talking about Assyria, and that was in the monastic time period where the desert fathers or the desert mothers, they left the community in the year 270, we're talking St. Anthony of the desert, St. John Cashin, and they would go out in the desert and they would have their hermitage or their hut. And the noonday devil is, is that when the sun is at its height and it's hot and you're just, breakfast is too far away, too far gone, the evening you know, siesta and dinner is too far away and you're in this time period where it's hot and it's, you just have this inclination for the monk just to climb up from its cell or from its hut and look out the window and see and think, what else is out there for me? What else can I do? But I just have to stay in my hut here and pray. Looking out the cell, wanting to do anything but the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Think procrastination. Everyone knows the feeling of procrastinating and how that robs us of, of joy and peace. It's like, I know I'm supposed to be doing my homework right now. I've told myself I'm gonna do homework right now or my parents told me that I need to do homework right now or I need to work on this project and I'm doing anything about it. And it's and again, it's not just a CD here, here is not right, in procrastination, we know it's not just laziness. It can be just sitting there and doing anything but that, but it can also be doing and wanting to do anything but the thing that I should be doing. Mom, I'll take the trash out. I'll do anything. And Aquinas says ultimately that a CD is a sin against love. It's a, it's a sin against charity because it robs us of joy. So take this now here, ultimately on the level and where love leads. Where does love always lead? It leads to God. Who's God? God is love. He's the one who's created us to be hardwired to be loved and to love. And so the question here is, do I have a lack of concern for spiritual things, for spiritual matters? Am, am I apathetic or am I indifferent towards God. This plagues our culture. And apathy towards God, we're riddled with it in our society. And it's increasingly so because of, as God continues to move further, further out of the picture of our, of our daily lives and of what is important, apathy towards spiritual things, a sadness towards spiritual things. And that's always been a temptation. This was a temptation of Isidia with the noonday devil in the year 270, in the year 300. The monks struggled with this. The desert fathers and mothers struggled with this. Like I'm supposed to be praying, but I wanna do anything but that right now. And in many ways today, we know today is a different ball game with, with, with our phones, with social media, with running around in suburban life, from one thing to the other, busy, 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 doing, 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 boom, boom, boom. Even look at it with regards, with regards to coming to Mass on Sunday. We can use any excuse under the sun to not to come to Mass. Sports, activities, that's ultimately, it's apathy, it's apathy toward God. It's the sin of acedia, of doing other things 
wanting to do other things than the thing that I should be doing, what's the ultimate aim? It's the worship of God. It's, it's keeping him first. Prayer life. I even look at myself, reading the Bible now, setting this time for prayer. I can be so easily pulled from that. I hope you're not scandalized by that as a priest or that I'm, that as I'm a priest. You can be so easily pulled and, and, and it's the sin of acedia and indifference towards God. And ultimately, as Aquinas would say, it's like a sadness towards it because I'm so used to filling myself here with these other things and having them even be more important. It's easy to have today. It's easy because today is even a different, it's a different ball game than the year 270, than the year 300. It's easy to take today to have a lack of concern for spiritual things. That's acedia and it's a deadly sin because it keeps us from love. That's why it keeps us from love and who's literally love. Literally it keeps us from love because God is love. And it's who our heart was made for and longed for. So we need to be especially attentive today from being pulled away from the spiritual life. So what is it in my life that contributes to acedia or spiritual sloth that contributes to me to being apathetic or indifference towards God who is love? What's the remedy, the remedy of acedia? Church fathers say it's love. Paul says it right here in the beginning of this reading. He says, all these other things, you can have all these other things and you can do these things, these good things, but if you don't have love, all of it's nothing. You can do all these great things, but if there's not love, forget it. And so he says, let me teach you the more excellent way here, he says in the beginning. And then he goes on to this litany of what love, not just what is as far as adjectives, but what love does. And so how do I avoid this temptation to like pull up from under our hut at the noontime devil when there's all these other things to look out the window and say, what is there else out there for me to do right now? It's to keep your eyes on him. It's to keep your eyes on the cross who is love and his action on the cross, which is the most thing that points to love. And maybe just in closing here, I don't think there's a person here as well that doesn't think and have a desire of me, and I want to be more patient. Here's what love does. I wanna be more patient with my wife. I wanna be more patient with, with my children. I wanna be more patient with my siblings or my parents or my coworkers. I don't wanna be as rude. I don't wanna be as more, I don't wanna hold on to, to jealousy as much. And as we know, it's not a matter of waking up tomorrow morning and say, all right, tomorrow I'm just gonna be more patient. I'm gonna just muster it up and, and do it. It happens through a deeper conformity to the person of Jesus Christ. Our hearts are limited. The amount of love that we can give is limited, but his love isn't because he is love. And so the more our heart is conformed to Jesus Christ, the more we can love, the more we can do love. Be on the guard of this, of this robber of joy, Isidia as it opposes love and our joy can be increased to the extent that we conform our lives to Jesus.